Good morning, good morning. We are right smack in the middle of September. And our theme, uh, Spiritual Stewards of the Planet. So thank you for that. Oh, it's a lovely song. It was just perfect. And, and the talk title is Honor Thy Mother, which, of course, because Spiritual Stewards of the Planet, we're talking about Mother Earth, right? We're talking about Mother Earth. You know, in Greek mythology, Gaia was the first deity from whom all the rest of them sprang, right? She arose out of primordial chaos. Isn't that delightful? <laughs> anyway, she, she rose out of primordial chaos, and as chaos receded, she came into being, right? And then lonely, because, right, we're in relationship with everything, she, she created a spouse for herself, she uh, created a spouse called Uranus, or Uranus, I don't know how to pronounce it, either way is okay. But he became the father god, right? And then all sorts of things occurred, you know, because it is mythology after all, so many violent things. You know, look at the Old Testament, same stuff. You know, murder and mayhem and dismemberment and lust and incest and, you know, all kinds of stuff happens when you're playing with the gods. You know, typical mythology. Anyway, but the takeaway was right? Uh, Gaia is the mother of everything, right? Just the mother of everything. She is the primordial mother goddess, birthing everything into being. And it's very similar to all other types of mythologies, you know, Native American and, and the, the Asian. It's just usually this father god, uh, mother earth, and, and what springs forth is all life everywhere. Ancient people saw that, right? They saw the earth bring forth plants and trees and food. And women brought forth people. So it, it made sense then that um, it was logical to think of the earth as feminine, right? Because it, it birthed things. Women birthed people and the earth kind of birthed everything else. So, so we thought of it as, as feminine. Right? And in the Bible it says, we're going back to the commandments, Exodus. I think in Exodus it's, it's the fifth commandment, right? Fourth, fifth. They changed it. Between Exodus and Deuteronomy it gets changed. Anyway, um, honor thy father and thy mother so you may live long in the land your God is giving you. Isn't that lovely? And so we're thinking about it as Father God and Mother Earth. Take care of it. Honor it. You know, it seems like the earth provides us with sustenance, yes? That's where we kind of get all of our food from. So if the earth provides us with sustenance, it is in our best interest, I would think, to ensure the health of the planet that feeds us, right? There's no disagreement there. And the Gaia theory is that the organic and the inorganic components of planet Earth have evolved together into a single self-regulating system, right? The Earth itself is one organism. Now, it sounds to me like core concept one, doesn't it? God is all there is. We're saying the same thing, right? We're all connected to each other, and we're all connected to source, Right? And this planet is a self-sustaining organism housing all of us. So as wise, wise stewards of the good we've been given, we have to take care of it, right? To allow it to take care of us. It's the way it works. 
So how do we do this? How do we save the planet, right? How do we save? We don't save it. We're just, how do we save us, basically? The planet will survive. We may not, right? So how do we save us and keep the planet healthy, right? Well, I think we start where Arthur Ashe suggested. He said, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Right? Good advice. As an individual, I may not be able to address climate change myself, right? But I can do things on a small level. I can do my part. I can clean up my little corner of the earth. Um, and that's what I think all of us can do. And when we all do our little parts, it adds up to big change, doesn't it? And that's what I think we're doing. We're, we're, um, we're engaged in this... Uh, keep, keep Earth healthy so that humans can survive mode. And I think that's kind of a good thing. I'd like humans to be around for a while. Anyway, um, you know, the EU, the European Union, has banned the single-use plastic containers. Yay. That's a step in the right direction, right? We're going to get rid of them here, too. I want to do something different. We'll get, use, get rid of our single-use plastic bottles. Okay, Australia saw an 80% drop in the plastic bag usage just when two of their major supermarkets stopped giving them out. 80% drop in plastic bag usage. Uh, the United States is ditching the plastic straws. Yes, thank you, God. Save a sea turtle, right? Get rid of those plastic straws. We all look. We all used paper straws when we were little, right? None of us died from the paper straw. Oh, it just it gets flat and it gets hard. To, you have to rip off the top and keep sucking, you know. But, but so what? Right? When you think about saving a turtle, this is not a big sacrifice to make, you know? And, and here's the thing about all of this stuff. It's, like, really interesting that there is stuff going on all over the place. You don't hear about it. You don't hear about it on the news. You only hear the bad stuff on the news, don't you? You know? The, the, the news theory, if it bleeds, it leads. Lovely. Just lovely, right? So you don't hear the good stuff that's going on beyond the, you know, behind the scenes. And then there's, there's Babcock Ranch in Florida. Now, and I always make fun of Florida. I do, because it's, well, Florida. But, <laughs> but there's Babcock Ranch in Florida. It is the first fully solar-powered, self-sustaining city in the country. They have, yeah, clap for that, right? They have more, they have so much solar panels and power that they are putting back into the system. The whole entire city is, is putting, putting electricity back into the system. And, they, and they've even planned for as the city grows, they will still be on that side of the energy grid. Now they're planning three, I think three other cities. One in California, one in Arizona, someplace else, the three other ones. So this stuff is going on while we're all busy looking at, you know, the doom and gloom stuff. We have things going on all over the place. What about those two women that discovered that bacteria, right? There's that little bacteria that eats plastic and poops rainbows, I think. I don't know what it does. I mean, it does something. But, but it's like, what an amazing thing, you know? Now, of course, we don't know what that bacteria is going to do when it starts multiplying and growing, you know, but that's like down the road. We don't, you know, this is we fix something and we create something else. You know, we create a mess someplace else. But, but it seems like the news concentrates on all the doom and gloom, but things are changing and things are, are um, moving around and people are getting together and stuff is happening to address climate change, to address the temperatures, to address the, the energy supply, all of that kind of stuff. New ways of generating electricity is not an attack on the old ways. You know, we have to stop thinking of it like that. 
new ways of generating electricity is an improvement on the system so we don't poison ourselves and the planet. You know, it's kind of like, look, digital photography was not an attack on dark rooms. You know what I mean? It was an innovation. It was innovation. My mother was a switchboard operator. I'm not demanding they bring those jobs back so that I can do what my family did. You know, they, their time has passed. We've moved on. It's over. We, we need to look at things as this holistic system. And everything affects everything else. Everything is interconnected. We get it. We get it in religious science that we're part of this whole, right? The wholeness of life because we know core concept one. God is all there is. Everything that we look at, everything we see, everything that's going on, we know is spirit in some form. And billions and billions of years ago, no, not that long. But Plato said this, the world is indeed a living being endowed with a soul and intelligence. A single, visible, living entity containing all other living entities, which by their very nature, are all related. So that's it. We can't walk on the earth without knowing it, too, is the body of God, right? The grass under our feet, it, too, is an outpicturing of God. The planet, as an organism, is hosting life. Just like our bodies, as an organism, hosts all kinds of life forms, right? We've talked about this before. You know, you think you're human, but actually more cells in your body are non-human than human. You have more, we're only about 47 or 43% human cells. All the rest are other cells of other species, right? They have microbial DNA that is not human at all. So what does it mean to be a human? We don't even know what that means because, because we have more cells in our bodies. We are hosting other life forms, just like a planet. You're a walking planet. Isn't that lovely? You're a walking planet. But, you know, as, as varied and diverse as all of this is, what do we know? We know at the source, we are still all sourced by the same thing. We are all still one at the source. It is all spirit just individualizing itself in this limitless way of being. Science, philosophy, and religion are, are in agreement about that right? That we are all one at the source. Of course, science took a little while to catch up, you know. I gotta love those scientists. Anyway, they had to go through the whole Cartesian thing and life is a clock and you can, you know, the parts are interchangeable, but they're, in, they're not. Whatever. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, science reveals eternal principles, mathematics, immutable laws, and illumined minds reveal the eternal spirit, Behind all is a unity. Through all is a diversity. Saturating all is a divinity. And that's all life everywhere. That's all of us. That's everything on the planet. That's everything in the solar system. That's everything in the universe. One, 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 expressing as the many. Right? So look around the room. Look at how many different ways God is showing up this morning. Yay. Yeah, really, look. Look around the room. Here is God looking at God. That's exactly what's going on. Spirit is expressing as you. You're the vehicle through which spirit is having an experience. And look around, and the same is true for everyone else. There is only one life in this room, on this block, in this country, on this planet, in this universe.
There is only one source. There is only one source and supply. It is spirit. It is energy individualizing itself forever and ever creating. There is no other. There is no other. As much as we like to group ourselves, we all like the Green Bay Packers, or we all like, you know, baseball, or we all like, like poetry. How, however we like to group ourselves off, and it's like, oh, you're them, you're not us. There is no them in us. It doesn't exist. There is only one life. It is spirit expressing. And wouldn't it be silly to, to take revenge on someone else or to get angry with someone else or to get back at someone else or to hold someone hostage with our thoughts, right? Because what are we doing? We're saying that, that God can get mad at God, that spirit can get revenge on spirit. It's like cutting vegetables and accidentally cutting your hand and having your other hand get back at it by stabbing that one. <laughs> How ridiculous that is. How ridiculous. We are all the body of God, each and every one of us. There is no us in them. So what do we do with that truth? You know, what do we do with that truth? How does that change, or how can that change, how we show up and treat each other and love each other and play with each other, right? Ernest Holmes, in the, the philosophy of Ernest Holmes, he said this. He said, there is no such thing as good and evil in the universe. There's no such thing as right and wrong. No such thing as God and man. No such thing as the manifest universe separate from what manifests it. The manifestation is the manifester in manifest form. Yeah, you want me to say that again? <laughs> there is no such thing as a manifest universe separate from what manifests it. The manifestation, right, the physical, the manifestation is the manifester in manifest form. So it is simply spirit out picturing itself in, in, in coming into form as everything. So we look different, we act different. There's animal, plant, and, and mineral. There's all kinds of things showing up at the planet. But at the source, it is all the same. It is all the manifester. It is all first cause, or divine, or God, or spirit, or whatever you want to call it. We are whatever the nature of God is, right? And we're not even pretty too sure about what it is, <laughs> you know? We don't have it totally understood. But we are that. We are whatever the nature of God is. And when we fully recognize that, we see the unity of all life. And when we see the unity of all life, all prayers become universal prayers, don't they? I can't pray for me. I can't pray for myself, for my stuff, for my whatever. When we understand that there's only one of us here, when we fully recognize that we are all the life of God and that is one, then all of our prayers are universal. We do not want for ourselves anything we don't want for everyone because we're all that. We are all that. The Dalai Lama said, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. <laughs> it doesn't change. We'll still do the same thing. 
because there's only one of us here. There's only one of us in the room. And to acknowledge that is, is to really acknowledge this idea of good for all, right? Good for all. This is what Ernest Holmes meant when he said to be for something and against nothing. We can't be anti-anything, right, that takes away from, from someone we love, right? We can't be anti-anything if it denies freedoms because freedom is a quality of God. So we must want for everyone what we want for ourselves. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, it is this unity with life which makes our thought creative. Thought's not creative by will or wishing or longing or prayer or supplication, but merely because it is its nature to create. That's what it does. Humankind, he goes on to say, is a microcosm within the macrocosm a little world within the big world. But because human beings are individualized expressions of God consciousness, we must consciously enter the temple. That is, we must come into conscious union with spirit. We have to know what we know. We have to know what we're knowing. We have to know that spirit is creating through us. We are co-creating our lives through those predominant thoughts. Right? We must consciously use this power for good for all, for everything and everyone. There is no us and them. We can't want for us or for this country. We're the best. We are the best. We can't want for this country what we wouldn't want for the planet. And you know, you would think because we're all humans, it'd be easy for all of us to get along, wouldn't you? I always thought about that. I mean, I don't see why not. When we pray abundance, we don't pray abundance for ourselves, but we pray abundance for all. Peace, not just for me, but peace for the planet. These are our prayers. Joy for everyone. Anything else is duality, and that is, and that is the illusion of separation. There's no such thing, right? Go back to core concept one. God is all there is. So this idea of us and them smacks of duality. It's, that's the illusion of separation, and duality does not exist. There is no separation, remember the quote, between the manifester and what is manifest. So as the divine life of spirit, what is ours to do? Right? To absolutely live in this idea of oneness, this idea that there is no separation, that there is all life everywhere. You know, we do our part. That's it. We do our part. And your part will be different from my part. As, as you pray and as you meditate and as the still small voice speaks to you, you'll know what to do next, right? You'll know what to do next. But see, this is the important part of your spiritual practice. You got to do it. You have to do it. You have to sit, in the, sit on your meditation cushion. You have to go into the silence with no agenda. You have to sit and listen to the still small voice. How can you even know you're hearing it if you've never stopped long enough? to listen for it, right? How do I know it's God and not my just higher self? Well, that is your higher self, you know? God is your higher self, that intuition that's speaking to you. And we do it from the standpoint of there is more good to demonstrate. We do it from the standpoint of what good can I contribute? There is more love to share, right? There is more, more joy to spread. There is more abundance to demonstrate. We go, we go back to those qualities of God, what is spirit asking me to do today? We are creative beings because we are of spirit, right? We are the manifest or manifest in manifest form. We are co-creators of our, of our 
personal world, the little world that's around us, right? So we create solar power to generate electricity. Yay! Yay! It wasn't around a billion years. Well, yeah, it was around 100 years ago. My mother used to hang laundry on the line. That's solar power, right? That was a solar power dryer. <laughs> we, we do things like that, right? We, we create bio, biodegradable six-pack rings. Have you seen those? They're fish food. It's like, oh my God, that's, that's brilliant, right? So you can carry your little six-pack of cans home and the, and the six rings, you, they, you know, when they wind up in the water, they dissolve away in their fish food. Yay, I think that's a lovely thing. We do stuff like reuse things and recycle and reduce what we buy. We plant trees. What about that 20-year-old in... I don't remember where he was. Anyway, he organized and he planted over a million trees already. I think it was in Europe. Anyway, things like that. And we don't stop there. We don't stop just at the planet. We, start, we, we continue along helping the planet, but we help each other. Right? Isn't that part of it? Uplifting each other while working for a healthier planet, protecting wildlife from being slaughtered, cleaning up pollution, helping out our brothers and sisters. This is all part of what Ernest Holmes said, conscious union with spirit. When you see all life everywhere as an outpicturing of God, how can any of it be other? How can any of it be bad? How can any of it be negative? It's all God. Or concept one, it's all God. So not only do we help the planet, but we help each other. We lift each other up as well, right? We volunteer in shelters. We, we volunteer in, in food places. We donate, donate food to the food bank. We send somebody an uplifting email just to make their day. We stop to help someone. I remember when I was a child... Um, we were driving to uh, the supermarket. Anybody from the back east? We were going to Pen Fruit. Anybody remember Pen Fruit? Holy moly, that's going back some. Anyway, and, and there was a gentleman struggling to change his tire, and my father pulled over to the side of the road and got out and helped him change his tire and did what he needed to do, and we went on our way, and I was like, oh, wow, who was that? And my dad said, I don't know. <laughs> he was just a guy who needed help, you know? And, and I went, you, don't even, you didn't even know who that was? And he said, no, nah, you know, I didn't know him. But if I, if I knew him, he'd probably be a friend of mine. You know? That's what we do, things like that. You can redirect your gifts. I love that. What do they, use, what do they call it? Something else. I don't know. Regifting. <laughs> Thank you, regifting. You can redirect your gift to someone who needs it or donate it. You can clean out your closets, right? Then, then you invite all the new, new experiences into your life. They always tell you, clean out your car, clean out your closet, clean out your purse. Create that vacuum that the universe abhors. <laughs> and new stuff will fill it. You think you, have, you think you have financial lack or limitation? Clean out your stuff, create the vacuum, right? Create the vacuum. Clean out things, donate things. Give somebody a reason to smile today. That's just, just these are just little things we do for each other. Because what we know is what is good for one is good for all. Because we are one. One, 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 one. You can't say it enough. But Ernest Holmes did. <laughs> and let me tell you what he said. He said, there is one infinite mind which all things come. This mind is in, through, and around the human. It is the only mind there is. And every time he thinks, he uses it. And this is he and she, you know, 
Don't get caught up on the, on the gender language. The only mind there is, and every time man thinks, man uses it. There is only one infinite spirit, and every time man says, I am, we proclaim it. There is one infinite substance, and every time we move, we move in it. There is one infinite law, and every time we think, we set this law in motion. There is one infinite God, and every time we speak to this God, God we receive a direct answer. There is one, there is one, there is one. That is the takeaway from all of this. We help the planet because we're helping ourselves. We help each other because we're helping ourselves. We help the animal kingdom because we are helping ourselves. We, we help the plant kingdom because we're helping ourselves. Because there is only one of us. There is only one of us in the room. There is only spirit. Thank you so much. Thank you.